God is in this. And this is not a coincidence because I'm going to be talking about praying today. And this is also very important with regards to praying. Very, very important. Father, thank you. Spirit of God, thank you. Minister to us today by your spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer is so important for the Christian, for anybody. God created man, and part of living is praying to God. That's part of living the way God sees it. And if prayer is absent from your life, in God's mind, you don't really understand what life is all about. He holds the key about life. And he can teach you every Christian is supposed to pray. And Jesus said to his disciples, My soul is so troubled, even unto death. And he says, I want you to pray with me. And he came back, they were sleeping. He says, What? You're sleeping? Can't you just spend just, just one hour with me in prayer? That's all God is asking for. The least you can do is one hour in prayer. I used to think in those days, one hour, what would I be saying? For one hour, praying to God, for one hour. Wow. Most Christians, if you lock them in a room and you tell them, they ought, you, you're not coming out there until you spend one hour praying, they may be excited the first, maybe the first ten minutes, they are yelling and screaming and glory to God and everything that they have to say. And by the time they go back to the watch, it's just ten minutes. And, and, and all you hear is they're in there. Uh, from time to time you hear glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. They have nothing more to say. They have nothing more to say. They've saved everything. Even if they have actually had a wrong list of things that I wanted to pray about. I mean, they've done that. It doesn't take 15 minutes. I'm through with my list. Now what I got 45 more minutes, what am I going to do? And so what, what this is, is to, to show you what I believe God is bringing to our church. How to really spend time praying before God and receiving edification. It's a lot that's going to come if you follow through this prayer. First thing is, you will be, your faith will be strengthened, no doubt. Your faith is going to be strengthened, and I'm going to elaborate on that. Secondly, not just your faith strengthening, your mind is going to be renewed. And then, you will clarify your vision. That's very important. That's what's going to happen. Now, with regards to prayer and worship of God, God told Moses, when he showed Moses in Mount Sinai, I want you to build a tabernacle just the way I've shown it to you. Build that tabernacle, and then he commanded all Israel, after the time of Solomon, the only place to worship is to go to Jerusalem. That's where you pray. They pray in the tabernacle. Go to Jerusalem. And in the tabernacle, the temple, that is the place where you ought to call upon God. 
And that's what is, that was the place where children of Israel and the people of God had real transaction with God. People came from all over the world. Proselytes came from all over the world just to be at the tabernacle because that was the place to worship. If you did any kind of worship outside the synagogue, anywhere else, even high places, he's not considered good. You have to be right there at the, tam- at the temple where you pray and worship God. But Jesus, in John chapter 4, was talking to a lady in a city called Sychar in Samaria, telling the woman, and they talked about water and living water and all of that. But Jesus said to her, in John chapter 4 verse 21, he said, Woman, believe me, I want you to believe me, the hour is coming. When you will neither on this mountain, because the woman was telling Jesus, our fathers worship in this mountain. You said in Jerusalem, that's where we ought to worship. And Jesus said, now let me, let me tell you woman, believe me, this is Jesus speaking, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain, nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. A time is coming when you don't need those anymore. And we are living in that very hour. You don't need the temple anymore. You don't need Jerusalem anymore. We're living right now in the hour that Jesus was speaking of. In 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, the word of God says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Don't you realize you are that same temple? We don't need that... Physically built temple that Solomon built with all of the gold. We got more, something more precious than that. You standing right now, sitting where you're sitting. God says you are the temple of God and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You are God's temple. That's the place for worship. When we come together, we become God's great temple. And God is there. Whenever the people of God come before the tabernacle, before the temple, the glory cloud appears. Every time they come for worship and you gather the multitude, the glory cloud will appear, signifying God's presence. And Jesus said, just two of you. All you need is two of you. And the real glory cloud is right there in the midst. And your prayers are going to be answered. You no longer need the priests. To represent you. You've been given the right to all the responsibilities of the priest. You are a priest to yourself. God has made us kings and priests. And we ought to serve. we got things to do. You don't need a representative. You can go into the holy place. Because the holy place is where the Holy Spirit is. And is in you. The Holy of Holies is right there in your spirit where the Spirit of God lives. Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? That's why Paul says in in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, or even think or imagine according to what the power that is at work inside of you is right there inside of you. When you shut yourself in the, clo- in the closet just to spend time with God, guess what? The glory cloud 
comes in. The glory cloud comes in. The glory cloud comes in. You don't need any temple anymore. You are the temple. And you can get whatever you want. You can go into the holiest of all. And go before the mercy seat. And you can get whatever. The Christians don't recognize. What I recognize is that temple, the way it's built, that's you. And you represent the temple of the living God. Your spirit is the holy of holies. Your mind is the holy place. And the outer cut, that's your body. And God works from your spirit where the holy of holies influences the holy place and gets out in the body, the outer court, and then into the world. You are the temple of the living God. Paul said, don't you know? Don't you know? A lot of Christians don't know. I don't know. I want to know. I want to know that I carry God's glory. I am the temple. You don't mess with the Old Testament temple. If only the high priest is cared. And here, you're standing. You are, by God's making, through the blood of Jesus, you are God's temple. That's why I always say, you are not ordinary. The world may not understand what God has done in you. When you receive Jesus of Nazareth and you really mean business, the devils recognize this man, this woman is not ordinary. Something special is in you. And got no reason to be afraid of anything in life. Because God's going to take care of you. He's with you. He came to dwell with you. So in your imagination, in the time of prayer, that's, where, that's what Jesus said. My, my, the temple shall be called what? The house of what? The house of prayer. Your temple is what? The house of prayer. See, that's where we've missed it. Jesus made whip. You remember that? And drove everybody out. He says, don't make my house a house of merchandise. The house of prayer. You are that temple. And guess what God calls you? A house of prayer. And Christians don't pray. So what ministry is going on there? What's going on? Fifteen minutes? You don't even have time to do work in your temple? To minister in the holy place? And the holy of holies? It's a house of prayer. What have you turned it into? A house of merchandise and everything that you want to be in life? Forgetting the real purpose that God created you? That's why we wander in the wilderness. We wander in the wilderness. But thank God that time is coming to an end. Can I hear an amen? That time is coming to an end. Because at the Ark Fellowship, we're going to be calling upon our God. And He's going to answer us from heaven. I believe we can change the United States. I believe when we pray to God, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear from heaven. If they turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal the land. And God was not, He wasn't just talking. He meant it and He'll do it. If His people will do that. Amen. God is serious about his word. So in my mind, the Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with 
praise. <coughs> Excuse me. So you know, as you are entering into God's tab- tabernacle for prayer, that's you. You make up your mind. How do you get in, in to pray before God? With thanksgiving. And praise. That's the beginning of a prayer time with God. As you go through the gate, Jesus is at the gate. You go with praise. And you, as you enter into the, the outer court, you go in with praise. And the first thing that you see is the altar. The bracing altar. That's where sin offering is offered to God. That's where trespass offering is offered to God. That's where burnt offerings offered to God. And re- offerings for reconciliation. For peace. That's where it's offered to God. Peace offering. They're all offered to God. And that repre- actually represents the Lord Jesus Christ. The brazen altar. And so that's the time, first place. So as you walk in for prayer. And I, you know what I do? I go in. If, you, if, you, if you're with me, you, don't, you won't even hear me saying anything. I'm praying most of it in tongues. But my mind, in my mind, and God gave me that imagination, I walk in there and I see Jesus in my mind at the altar, lifted up, paying the price for my sin. And I see redeeming grace pouring down from his, from his head, from his feet, from his hands, as he's hanging there, pouring down into my life. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I'm at the altar. Look at what you've done. Look at. You know, we can now enjoy fully God's glory upon our lives. So I tell him, because of you, I can enjoy God's glory. I can enjoy God's glory because of you. I got that in me now. In my imagination, I've been restored to full fellowship with God because of the cross of Jesus. And I'm telling him, you, if you hadn't done this, there's no way I could have come into, your, into this holy place. Look at what you've done. And I'm praising him. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. I can now enjoy the fullness of your glory. Remember what they do. Every time they come to worship, guess what happens? The glory cloud comes in. The glory, I mean, I'm going to show you something. It's so important. And I've been saying this over and over in my mind and I pray. Sometimes I speak it out for, for the strengthening of my spirit. I think I'm in a new day in my work with God. <clears throat> Jesus said this in John 17, verse 22 through 23. And the glory which you gave me, I have given to them. Think about it. God gave Jesus glory. And Jesus, in his high priestly prayer, said, that glory you gave me, I turned it over to them. Because of the cross, I got the glory. I'm not going to have it, I have it. Jesus turned the glory that God gave him over to me. I got it. So I thank him for the glory. I got the glory. Whatever that is, I got it. That's mine. I got it. 
I got the glory. Thank you, Jesus. I got God's glory over my life. I got it. I got it. I got nothing to fear. When God's glory appears, the devils run. Amen. I got him. I got the glory. It's over my life. And what does this glory do? Jesus said that they may be one just as we are one. I in them. You in me. That's the glory of God. God, Jesus, I in them. And these are not just words. That's the way God sees it. The spirit world, the angels and demons, that's what they see. We don't see because we are in the flesh. But they see what's going on. They know what God has put on you. It's better than Joseph's uh, robe with many colors. Oh, yes. You got so much favor, you don't know what to do with it. Amen. They see that. I in you, God in me, and I'm in them. One. One. That they may be made perfect in one. That's what Jesus, uh, he cried for that to his father. I want them to be part of us. Think about that. Part of the Godhead. You know, now a lot of things make sense to me. It didn't make any sense. In those days, and then I spent all these hours praying in tongues and all of that. And I'll be in a service back in Africa and I walk into the service and a demon-possessed person starts manifesting even without me saying a word. Just walking by. Because I knew I was going to preach so I spent a lot of time praying. Now I understand. They recognize when you walk in. And every one of us, God wants to do the same. That's what the Our Fellowship is about. We're saying, that's who you are in God. Not because I'm a preacher. I wasn't a preacher when that happened. Amen. I wasn't yet a preacher. Uh, just a college student. But God doesn't know, or he know any of that. If you recognize and you walk with God, he's going to walk with you. And nobody can stop you. You got nothing to apologize to anybody because God is at work in my life. The greatest honor is to be with my God. He's working through me. And that's the best thing that's happened to me. That they may be perfect in one. Perfect. That's what Jesus wanted. Us and God fully united. Got nothing to fear. Don't afraid of no wish, nobody. Nothing. Because I'm perfect in him. And his desire is that the world may know. That the world may know. That this man is different. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Every one of us can do these things. And God is with us. When you receive Jesus into your heart, your life changes. And the problem is we don't recognize that. And we're not spending time praying enough. We're not spending time. My house shall be called what? The house of prayer. And until we start praying and going to the house, we will never see the glory. All we'll be doing is looking at fleshly things, fighting spiritual battle with mental weapons. And we're not going anywhere. 
Lack understanding, fearful, driven back and forth, no confidence. No. That's what God wants to do for us. So you come in there and you thank Him. God, thank you. You and I are one. Amen. Guess what you're doing? You're renewing your mind. You're renewing your mind. I should tell him, most times I won't use English. From time to time I use, the word, use English, but I'm praying in tongues. Because this is what I put, and I put that in the book. Once you start praying in tongues, you immediately, because tongues is supernatural. Think about it. If it's of God, it's supernatural. And if you stay in it, once you start, stop speaking in your natural language, when you speak in your natural language, that's natural. Nothing wrong with that. But I like the other one better. As speaking, once you start speaking in, in tongues, you step out of the natural into the supernatural. I like to stay there for a long while. Amen. Amen. I mean, there's no offense. I believe everyone is a Christian if you've accepted Christ. But you need to want to go deeper. Take the book, read. Let God minister to you and share with you so that you can go deeper. My hunger was deep. I wanted more of God. And God opened my eyes so I can have more of Him. There's a time of suffering. There's a time God's going to put you through where everything is in doubt, misunderstanding, things said, whatever. But, but you know, you know deep inside because God is at work. And you know where you're going. That's the thing about this. Be one. So you thank Him for that. We're one. We're one. I'm a member of your family. Thank you, Jesus. That's who I am. I can't be oppressed. Thank you. And as you, you thank him for that, praying in tongues for a while, then you shift your mind again and you begin to declare, tell God, thank you because you have declared me righteous. Now, the glory of God is upon you. You know, many times when we sin, it seems the glory departs, right? And we suffer tremendously in our spirit. But once you confess the sin, the joy comes back. You're forgiven and you're right. But through the cross, God, you have made me righteous. You made me righteous. This is, this is scripture. It's not by works. It's not works of righteousness. The Bible says all our righteousness are like filthy rag before God. It's not by works, for by grace are you saved through faith. <coughs> and that, not of yourself, is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. That's what God says. He made me righteous. You know how righteous you are? You are as righteous as God is righteous. You can't pay for that. The blood paid for that. That's the only way you can be righteous. The blood paid for that. So you thank him for the righteousness. And you declare the power of sin has been broken. The power of sin is broken. Romans 6, 14. Sin shall not have dominion over me. I am free. If the Son makes me free... I am free indeed. So you declare those things. You pray in tongues. And you're telling God, I know I'm not, the reality in the natural is not there right now. But I know what you said. And I'm transforming myself 
you know, by renewing my mind according to the word so that I can be transformed to what God says. Now look at what God says here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for what? For us. He made Jesus to be sin for us. Not for himself, but for us. For me. He did it for me. I couldn't do that for myself. He did it for me. I don't have to work. I just have to accept it. Amen. I just have to accept it. And he's giving me a gift. He said he made him to be seen for us. That we might become what? We become the righteousness of God in, in him. One. Perfect in him. So I declare, I am one with you. I got your righteousness. I have the same righteousness that God has. You can't beat that. Amen. So I declare before God. So you are renewing your mind. So you are not sin conscious. Sin consciousness is the root, the route where Satan can actually get a hold of your life and really destroy you. That's why Hebrews said that the worshiper once purged should have no more consciousness of sin. So God, through this, God begins to walk in through your life and remolding you because you're using the word. Word changes, the word of God can change things, can change your desires as you begin to declare those things. Your desires begin to change from glory to glory. God's taking you somewhere so you can get to your destiny. But you are the temple of God and the temple must pray. They must pray. So as you pray and you're renewing your mind, worshiping before God, God blesses you and you say, sin shall not have dominion. And then you declare, you have conquered the world. You're still standing by the bracing uh, altar. Look at you, Jesus. Wonderful. By your death, Satan didn't know it. You slapped him real good. You killed him. Look, he's no, he doesn't have any power anymore. And you're worshiping him. You're thanking him. By the time you go through this, the few that I mentioned, probably 15 minutes is gone. And your emotions will also come into... I mean, you begin to feel that thing. Because guess what? You are in the very presence of His glory and the Spirit of God. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said to the disciples, You are clean because of what? The words have spoken to you. And your mouth, life and death, are in the power of the tongue. Now you are in the sanctuary, in the very presence of God, transforming yourself. Taking a bath before the bracing altar. Renewing your life. Spiritually. So you spend that time worshiping God. You conquered the devil and the world. Jesus said, in the world you shall have what? Tribulation. But in me you have peace. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So you tell him, look at you. Jesus, because of you, I know troubles will come, but I I have good cheer, you know, because of what you said. I have no worries. You conquered the world. Now I can enjoy sanctification from God and the fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life. Thank you, Jesus. I have the fullness of God's Holy Spirit in my life. I'm in true fellowship with God. And you tell the Lord, you have delivered me from the power 
of darkness. And you've conveyed me to the kingdom of your, the son of your love. I have been transformed. Many times we know these things, but have you ever used them for your life? This is where to do it in time of prayer. Speaking them back to God. Declaring what Jesus has done with you. And guess what you do? What you're doing? You've entered his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And it's caused with? You are praising him for what he's done for you. At the altar. And God inhabits what? The praises of his people. As you praise him, God says, I stay with that. I stay with that. I am the righteousness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, I'll stay with that. I'll confirm that in your life. And your life is being transformed because you are at the very altar of God. And your life is, your old life is being crucified. And you're coming out brand new. Hallelujah. That's what this is all about. Your life is transformed. That's what this is all about. So you begin to tell him, God, you really got the devil. <laughs> I got nothing to fear anymore. I cannot be oppressed by any devil. No fear anymore. You really gave it to him. He says he disarmed principalities and powers. And he made it sure of it. Openly before the world. That's in Colossians 1.13. That's what I said. So you're telling me, God, I have no fear. I lost my fear for Satan. You know, most Christians like to blame Satan for everything. <laughs> they don't want to take responsibility for what's going on in their lives. It's the devil, pastor. It's the devil. It's the devil. No, <laughs> unless you are the devil. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I just can't help myself. It's the devil, liar. He disarmed the devil. The only weapon Satan has in his hand is ignorance. Your ignorance is his weapon. That's why the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's the only weapon he's got. But you shall know the truth and the truth shall... And, and where do you really get? Go before the altar. Amen. Go before the altar. Thank him for the truth that you've learned. I'm going to put this in because we'll come in that later. But I want to go ahead of myself a little bit so you know where we're going because this is going to be a while. Now listen. The logos, the logos is different from Rema. The logos is like rice. The rema is like cooked rice. There is a difference. The Logos is the word of God. Has a lot of promises for you. They are potentially yours. They are still not practically yours. They be, when they become rema, that's when there is faith. And then it becomes practically yours. So you have the logos, you got rice, a lot of them. But you can't eat it until you cook it. The only time you cook it is when you go to the sanctuary. A time of prayer. 
Just like what I've been saying to them. You begin to cook the rice. And you begin to know, now I've got a lot to eat. Because you are declaring before the altar of the living God. And now you can eat. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Your life is being transformed because of this. So you tell the devil, I'm not afraid of you anymore. As you are worshipping God. And let God know. You know, excite God. Do you remember in, John, in Luke chapter 10, the disciples came back from going out to witness. And they were rejoicing. They said, even the devil, how many of you remember that scripture? Luke 10. Even the devils were subject to us in your name. They were so excited. And Jesus uh, said, don't rejoice because of that. Rejoice because of your name. And then the Bible says, Jesus rejoiced in his spirit. Remember that? He was excited to see his kids know, they know it. They got it. He said he rejoiced in his spirit and he started praising his father. Thank you, Father. He says, you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. He was excited. I am glad to be a babe. Amen? In the hands of God. And that's why you come before the altar and you keep praising him. And the things that seem foolish, you begin to see great wisdom in it. And people don't understand what God is doing or where he's taking you. Amen? But he's taking you somewhere. So you are not afraid. You are not afraid of the devil. You know that you're being delivered. My time is up. And I got to continue next week. Amen? I have a lot that I want to share with you. But how many agree our lives are going to be transformed? That's how you pray. Come before God. When we come in here to pray, that's what you do. Go into that place. We go from the, from the uh, bracing altar and we'll talk about the lava. Both of them are in the, the outer court. We'll tell you how those work with you. How you can really renew your mind and renew your life by the, by the lava. Like a, a, a mirror where you look at yourself. And then you go into the holy place. To the left you have the uh, table of incense. I mean the, uh, the uh, candlestick to your left. The candlestick. Seven uh, branches to the candlestick. I'm going to talk to you about those seven branches and what they mean, what they represent. And then we'll talk about the showbread, what you, you, how to do, deal with God at that point in prayer. And then you turn to the showbread. On the right, there are 12 loaves of bread, fresh bread always there, and what to do with those, how to pray about those, how to benefit in your prayer with those. And then you turn to the table of incense, right in the middle, how to, what that represents, how to believe God from that, what to represent, what to say back to God in your prayer, both in the language that you understand and in the Holy Spirit. And then you move from there into the Holy of Holies. Then you got the mercy seat and all of those in Aaron's rod that buried, and we'll talk about what, what those mean, what those mean in our life, and what you can benefit from all of that. We'll be dealing with that as we go through this series. Our lives are going to be changed. How many will say amen? God's going to do a great work in our Stand up with me this morning. God's going to do a great work in our church this coming year because we will make our house the house of what? The house of prayer. It's not hard to pray. It's not hard to pray. Six weeks and you'll develop, you have a habit. And you'll miss it if you don't do it. Amen? It's one thing to just speak words. 
It's another thing to go after God. That's what I'm doing today. My heart, I want to go after Him. I want to go after God. No games. Not just being a pastor. I want to see God at work. In my life and in your life. When your family is doing well and you're happy, I'm happy. Because I know one day I'm going to be standing before Him and I've got to give an account. This seems so trivial. Right now I'm standing before people. I don't know how eternity sees it. I don't want to wait until I get there. I want to do what I can here first and make sure I do what is right before Him and see God's people do exploits here on earth so that when I see Him, I see Him in peace and I'm glad to see my, my Savior face to face. That's what this is all about. God's going to do a mighty work among us. I'm praying for revival for every life, every say your, your revival in your finances, in every area of life. Amen. Put your hands up to God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, you've been shutting the Lord Jesus out of your life for so long. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Jesus said, I and my Father will come in and make our dwelling with you. Why would you want Jesus outside your life, outside the door of your heart? Today, standing before God, you can let him in. Life will be different for you. And then you begin to learn about him. So that you can be everything God created you to be. If you're here this morning and you have not specifically, deliberately made Jesus come into your heart. You can do that this morning. And all I will ask you to do at the count of three, please put your hand up and really mean it. Don't put your hand up if you don't mean it because God is here. But if you really want Jesus in your heart at the count of three, put your hand up. God will see that and will honor it. We'll honor that and he'll come into your life. And life will never be the same. It's been over 30 years for me since Jesus came into my heart. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. You're here and you say, I want that Jesus in my heart today. I want him. I really want him. I'm in business this time. I'm going to go after God. That's who you are. The count of three, put your hand up quickly and put it back down. I'll pray for you. One, two, three, put your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. God be with you. Those of you that lift up your hands up, God bless you. God minister to you. May the Lord show himself to you in a mighty way because of what you've done today. You honored him, and he will honor you. God said, those who honor me, I will honor. I'm going to do this again. God said, those who honor me, I will honor. You're not doing it for man. You're doing it for God. If you do put your hand up and you're serious, God sees it. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you come up. Just stay where you are, but let God know I mean business. After three, put your hand up. One two, three. Put your hand up. Those who want it, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Now everybody bow your head and let's pray this prayer together. Especially those that lifted up their hands for the first time. You need to ask questions. Now, Pastor, what should I do? I want to follow God. What's next? Ask. Talk to me and I'll show you so that you can begin on your journey. Knowing more about the God who is coming to your life this morning. Pray with me. Say with me, Lord God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my heart and I invite you come in to my life. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that you've heard me. I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for writing my name in your book of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a clap offering. And um, thank you, those of you that gave your life to the Lord today. God welcomes you into his family. Your name is written in the book of life. All you need to do, begin to study. Buy a Bible. Buy one. I don't like giving Bibles to anybody. If God is serious, you really mean business, you go get one. Spend that money and God will see it. And say, did you see that young man? He bought a Bible. And he began to deal with you. So important. Amen? Let's pray. I'm going to bless you this morning reading from the scriptures. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands up to receive from the Lord. Sometimes these things in our minds are like rituals, but this is what the Lord says, lifting up holy hands in the sanctuary without fear or doubting. And that's the way we receive from God. I don't understand it. I just do what he says. Amen? Just do what he says. Thank you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.